Welcome to the week four edition of the News and Records HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I am Joe Serrera, and I am joined once again by Spencer Turkin, and we're going to talk about uh, five games coming up this Friday in the triad, weather permitting. Uh, last weekend we had a couple of postponements, but uh, things are looking good for this week. First game we want to talk about is our number one ranked team this week, once again in our poll, East Forsyth. At Reagan and Spencer, you know quite a bit about these two teams over in uh, Forsyth County, and this was a very good game last year. Yeah, it is. It, it will not be as good of a game this year. I can tell you that. Um, East is is overpowering. Uh, they manhandled West the other day, and uh, and really showed that they're the, the most dominant team in Forsyth County right now. Uh, Reagan has some issues. They're not as explosive as they once were under Josh McGee. I mean, that, that's a team that was averaging about 40 points a game uh, the past three seasons. And this year, uh, that is not the case. They're hovering right around the 20-some-odd points, if I'm not mistaken, uh, per game. So mm-hmm. uh, the offensive firepower isn't there. Their defense is much improved. Uh, they're not giving up 30 points a game now. Uh, they are they are keeping teams in a in a more reasonable area. Uh, but East Forsyth is just too good. And uh, Taiwan Hazel uh, had a great game against uh, KJ Henry the other day, and and that was a big part of uh, of East Forsyth really taking it to West. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the challenge was kind of issued for him, you know, to to show what he could do and not just be a big athletic guy, but actually deliver on the field. And uh, he's got some great tape now from that game that certainly should help him in the recruiting process. And you know, maybe that's what he needed to to light a fire under him because the talent is certainly there. And you know, if if He's producing at that level every game if he's blocking that well. East Forsyth is a team that could could make another very deep run in the playoffs. I mean, they they were that close to beating the eventual 4AA champion Charlotte Mallard Creek last year, and we know how good that Mallard Creek team was. So, you know, whoever uh, is going to get to the 4AA state final in the West is almost certainly going to have to go through East Forsyth at some point. And uh, Taiwan Hazel and, and all of the linemen for that team, uh, Doug Lakis's group up front, are a big reason for the strength of that East Forsyth team. Next 100%. Game. And, uh, and yeah, that's a big offensive line. Joe, you've seen them. They, they easily average over 300 pounds. That is not normal in high school. And them and Dallas Creek are probably... Uh, one of the handful of schools in the state that can boast that uh, that feature. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that they, they probably were the toughest matchup for Mallard Creek last year in the playoffs and probably would be again. You know, those are two teams, Mallard Creek and East Forsyth, that can really push you around up front with their size. And if they get together again this year in the playoffs, again, that, that, that should be a great matchup. It was an overtime game last year with Mallard uh, Creek tying it very late in regulation and uh, uh, denying East Forsyth a chance to play Page in the state championship game at Carterfield. Stadium, but moving on to 4A, going down a little bit, our number two team in the poll, Dudley, this week is going to Durham Hillside, and the big news surrounding this game is uh, the 
NCHSAA ruling that Hendon Hooker's uh, incident in, if you could even call it that, in last Friday night's game at Davie County. He was uh, ejected from the game for allegedly throwing a punch. Uh, the video from that incident that uh, WGHP 8 Fox provided to help Dudley with the appeal clearly showed that he did not throw a punch uh, and he was kicked while he was down and he will be able to play against Durham Hillside and the subsequent game it was reduced from a suspension to a disqualification and he really didn't even deserve that based on the video evidence but you know that's huge news for Dudley especially against the Durham Hillside team that's playing very well defense They've given up 17 points total in two games against Newburn and Southern Durham, two pretty good teams. So having uh, Mr. Hooker, our HS Extra All-Area first-team quarterback last season, back is definitely key for Dudley. What do you see from the Panthers so far this season, Spencer? Oh, they're, they're a good ball club. Everybody knows they're a good ball club. And there's no secrets when you play Dudley. You know exactly what they're going to do, and yet you still have a hard time stopping them. And the bottom line is that Hendon is is just a, a supernatural kid. He is tremendous, and his presence in the pocket uh, is unlike any other really in the state this year. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's the top quarterback in the state, and uh, and Dudley's lucky to have him. I mean, he he's a kid who can rear back which is wrist, and throw the ball 60 yards down the field in a spiral, and it's nothing. Yeah, there, right? are, there aren't many normal. who can do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's headed to Virginia Tech next season. And, uh, you know, he, he told me yesterday, you know, he was really obviously stressing about whether or not he was going to be able to play this week over the weekend. And uh, he said the, the best way for him to relieve the stress was to go up to Virginia Tech, watch their game with Liberty up there. And uh, he said that helped him relax and got him through the weekend a little bit. But Virginia Tech's obviously getting a, getting a very, very good talent in uh, Hendon Hooker. And, you know, obviously we all talk about the throwing ability. He's a pretty good runner, too. I'm you know, I don't think uh, college teams are going to want him. I don't think Virginia Tech is going to want him running a lot, but he certainly can do it. And if he has to move around in the pocket or if he has to buy extra time on a play, there aren't many guys better at doing that. No, there aren't. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, when he puts on 20 or 30 pounds, it's going to make the world of difference. He is trying to when when he's trying to run. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to look like Cam Newton. Yeah, he's six five, and all of six five, and he's going to be at least two hundred twenty pounds before he takes the field in college. Yep. Yeah, that's what a college strength and conditioning program is going to do for for a talent like that. And you know, we, I'm looking forward to seeing him play on Saturdays down the line, and and. Maybe at some point, even on Sundays, we, we will see about that. But there's there are, are very few kids where you can look at them in high school and make that kind of projection at this stage. And he is certainly one of those guys. He has all the tools for the next level. It's just going to be about how he progresses in uh, Coach Justin Fuente's offense at Virginia Tech. And, you know, it seems tailor-made for him. It uh, made Paxton Lynch uh, last season when uh, Coach Fuente was at Memphis a high NFL draft pick. And it would certainly seem to suit uh, Mr. Hooker very, very well. Uh, That's for sure. And that's 
pretty much the story for that Dudley-Hillside game. I don't see Hillside beating Dudley. Uh, I don't see Hillside scoring many points against Dudley. In, they've been playing great defense, but they're not scoring a lot of points. You know, they've given up 17 in two games, and they haven't scored much either. It was a 7-3 win over uh Southern Durham last week, I don't think that Dudley defense, which is very strong once again, is going to give up much against Durham Hillside. Next no, I, I don't I'm either, sorry. and I, I think that uh, I think this Dudley D is tremendous. I, I don't think that they are the 2013 Dudley defense uh, again, but they're very good, yeah. and uh, and I think Durham Hillside's been for, uh, for a long night. Another game we want to talk about. This one matches two of our HS Extra Top 10 teams this week. Number 9, Southeast Guilford, going to number 3, Northwest Guilford. You know, last year, this game also was played at Northwest Guilford, even though it was the Southeast home game, because uh, Southeast Stadium renovations were not yet complete. And that one was uh, a dramatic finish, uh, a tough loss for Southeast Guilford, a 16-9 Northwest win. Uh, Southeast was driving when the game ended, and... Uh, just ran out of time and and was a little too far away to tie that game up. And a controversial play at the end of the first half in that one, too. Trey Turner catching a pass down near the goal line for Northwest Guilford. Uh, Turn got popped on the play. Ball came out into the end zone. Southeast fell on it, thought they had a touchback, was ruled an incomplete pass. And the next play, which was the last play of the half, Northwest on a desperation play, throws a touchdown pass into the end zone, and that really proved to be the difference in the game. But you know, the, this is going to be an interesting matchup simply because you've got two different styles here. Northwest wants to play fast. They want the ball in, obviously, Thomas Hennigan's hands in two games. He's accounted for 10 touchdowns and two two-point conversions. Trey Turner's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start since coming back from an ankle injury, but you know he's a receiver that anyone has to account for. They've got a, a good running back in Kyle Finney. They've got another good receiver in Cameron Cloud. Zach Tyler filled in for Cam, uh, Kyle Finney in the opener when Finney was out with a concussion, ran for over 100 yards. Jacob Leonard is playing well at quarterback. That is a very high-powered offense. But Southeast last year held the ball, used their usual ball control running game, and kept the score down. And I've got to believe that Southeast is going to try to do exactly the same thing again. Uh, sophomore fullback uh, uh, Chad Stevens is over 200 yards already for them for the season. They still have Miles Fairley, the senior running back, back. Between the two of them, they've accounted for almost 400 yards on the ground. And you know this is the kind of game where you're going to see smash mouth football versus high tempo football. And it should be a really interesting game to watch. What do you think about this one, Spencer? Uh, look, this is a game where Northwest is going to try and and get at least sixty some odd snaps off. I mm -hmm. mean, they—that's the only way that they're going to play to the pace that they want to. They're going to have to keep snapping the football. Uh, Southeast is going to try and, and prevent that. They're going to try and keep Northwest snaps in, the, in around the forty area. And if they can march down the field and and have extended drives, they can do that. Um, I think Northwest has a little too much firepower for mm -hmm. Southeast, uh, too many weapons, but at the same time, uh, you, you never count out Coach Fritz, ever. Now, and, and they've got a little bit of a blueprint to work with here, too. Southeast does. Last Friday night, Northern Guilford running with Myron M.J. Frazier in the first half and early into the second half, pounding the ball with him. 
you know, they were they were up uh, 14-6 and 20-14 on Northwest until Northwest pretty much took over in that second half, thanks to Thomas Hennigan. But, you know, that blueprint of run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, inside between the tackles, as you say, tailor-made to coach Fritz Hessenthaler's style. You know, Southeast can throw the ball a little bit. You know, it's more the threat of the throw than anything else right now. But, you know, that's what they're going to have to do, as you say. If, if The number of snaps that Northwest can get off is probably going to be a large factor in who wins this game. And, you know, this is, this is the kind of game where Northwest can really prove itself and set up the Vikings for the Piedmont Triad 4A conference, which really could be very interesting this year. We've talked a little bit about that conference. You've got a 3-0 Southwest Guilford team. You obviously have a, a very strong, powerful East Forsyth team in that conference. You know, High Point Central is a little bit down, but you know that that's a strong conference this year. And you know, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what Northwest can do. They really can't afford to stumble here. And Northwest lost to Southwest last year. So Correct. nobody is safe in that conference. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably our deepest and, and, and toughest conference this year in the area. Another interesting matchup this week, number four Reedsville coming down to Guilford County to play at Simeon Stadium against Andrews. You know, this game last year was was crazy. This was was the biggest eyebrow raising score I saw all year. And you know, we got the final score on this game. It was forty-eight to three Andrews over Reedsville at Reedsville. Reedsville never, ever, ever loses like that at home. And you know that that just was an indicator that it was a little bit of a struggle last year for Reedsville. They finished nine and four. Very disappointing for them. Would be a great season for a lot of schools, but very disappointing by their standards. They had a lot of injuries in that game. They lost uh, three two-way linemen for the season in that game, and they never really quite recovered from that. And uh, there were some turnovers early in the game last year that that were key to that. But this year, a very different picture going into that game. Reedsville is rolling, averaging over 50 points a game, 3-0, and they seem to have gotten the problems that they had last year ironed out. Uh, Tanner Wilson has been very strong throwing the ball for them. Last week, they got three punt return touchdowns from Austin Chestnut, who was one of our helmet sticker players, uh, the special teams player of the week. And Andrews is still a, a bit of a mystery, struggling a little bit. New coach this year, alumnus John Patterson, came back to town. Uh, they did not score in their opener, lost 18 nothing uh, to Southwest Guilford, struggled offensively in that one. Last Friday night, a tough loss on the road against a very strong private school team, Raleigh Ravenscroft, 24-22. Andrew's offense picked it up a little bit, but uh, they... To me, the Red Raiders just do not have anywhere near enough firepower this year, at least in the in the transition that they're going through, to contend with Reedsville. No, and look, Jimmy T is legendary, and, and I just I can't remember the score I picked for this one, but it was Reedsville a lot and Andrews a little, and uh, I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question, but it's going to be interesting to see Reedsville come down here because coming up they have games also in Guilford County at Northern Guilford and at Northwest. So this is kind of uh, a first trip down here for them this year. Those are their, their games that are going to test that team during the regular season. Their conference, the Mid-State 2A, is, is, has been down for a few years, and Reedsville will roll through that conference. We'll go 5-0 in that conference they did last year. These are the kind of games coming down here to play Andrews, to play Northern, to play Northwest that will tell the Rams 
how close they are to being able to contend for a 2A state title again and and how ready they might be to face their, their nemesis, Shelby, who they always seem to get in the playoffs. And the years that Reedsville can handle them, they win the title. The years that they don't are, are disappointing seasons for the Rams. But again, you know, we're not looking for this to be a close game, but it will be interesting to see how far Andrews has come since the start of the season and you know if Reedsville really is back to where they're contending for state titles. Last game we want to talk about this week, High Point Central at Grimsley. Neither team ranked in our top 10, but some interesting and intriguing things to look at with this one, starting with High Point Central running back Chavis Little, who's run for 630 yards in, in three games. You know, as you mentioned earlier, Spencer, he's he's been their offense, so a lot of that is based on he's getting 20 carries a game for them, but that's still impressive running, and, and we, we know what kind of a back he is and how dangerous he is. Yeah, he is, he's shifty, but he's not afraid to work inside the tackle. Uh, he, he will squeeze himself through the A-gaps. I mean, he's not afraid to stick his nose in there, and especially with a weak offensive line. Um, uh, he, he's a great back, and, you know, it, it, after Jeffrey Wall and, and all those guys have come through, Shavis um, Little is the next one in line for Wayne Jones. That he's continued the trend we've heard about Shavis since he was a freshman, mm-hmm. and he's lived up to the hype, and it's been impressive to watch. Yep. And Grimsley, uh, coming off of a Monday night game, they had a short week. They played Athens Drive from Raleigh. The Wake County schools had rougher weather than we did last Friday night, so their schools did not play Friday. They played either Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Grimsley came away from that game with a 27-6 win. They got off to a great start. They were up 20 to nothing. Uh, I was watching the Whirlies in that one, and they looked very strong early. And they kind of took their foot off the gas pedal a little bit, let uh, Athens Drive get back into the game a little bit, in the second half, but there were some good things uh, from Grimsley in that game. Uh, Braylon Faison Walden with a strong game, running running inside for them in that game, uh, getting some tough yardage, breaking a lot of tackles. He ran for 101 yards, and then a sophomore to watch, and Braylon, after the game, told me this kid is going to run for a lot of yardage. Watch for him in the future. Born Lassane had two runs of 40-plus yards, including uh, one for a touchdown in that game. He's a sophomore, and he also finished with 101 yards, but unlike Braylon, who had 20 carries to get there, he had four carries to get there. But for Grimsley and High Point Central, I think this is a, a, a defining game in a lot of ways. If Grimsley is going to show the kind of improvement we think they might be able to this year to get back to near 500 or 500 ball this year, this is the kind of game they need to win. They lost this game 28-21 last year when High Point Central was really struggling. And for High Point Central, as I said, they were struggling at this point last year. They got Jeffrey Wall more involved, playing playing a lot of quarterback last year, which was kind of a turning point for them. This is a game they need to win if they're going to get the ship righted and be strong going into the Piedmont Triad 4A season. What do you see in this one, Spencer? Uh, You're right. This is where there's the fork in the road. And you can go one of two ways. You can can go towards the uptrend or the downtrend. And, uh, and really, the team that loses this game is in for, for a struggle the rest of the year, and the team that wins it is going to be feeling pretty confident and have a couple more games on their schedule that they can take care of business. Uh, I think more so for High Point Central, this is the case. It's a team that, that is very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Grimsley needs this one. Uh, this is this is going to be huge for for Daryl Brown to try and convince that locker room that what he's preaching is working, 
And if they can beat High Point Central, uh, that will that will show those guys that if they continue to buy in, that, that things will change at Grimsley. Good deal. That's going to wrap up our uh, discussion of this week's games. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at JoeSerreraNR, and you can follow Spencer at Turkin35. Friday night, I will be at the Southeast Guilford Northwest Guilford game. We'll also have coverage from Reedsville Andrews, High Point Central Grimsley, uh, Dudley at Durham Hillside. We're getting a little help from our friends at the Raleigh News and Observer. We've been helping them out. They're going to pick it up for us this week. And we will also have coverage from the Page Ragsdale game. So look for all of that online Friday night and Saturday morning at hsextra.com. And you can also obviously find it in the print edition of the News and Record. Thank you for listening.